0: Hello and welcome to the Jaguar Report Podcast, the only podcast you will find out there that will break down the team that now has the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. I'm your host, John Shipley. Gus, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, John. We've got about 14 hours until the new year and about four months until the draft, so it's just a matter of countdowns right now, but I can't complain. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm counting down to seconds until this year is over. I'm 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 I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to just hit the sim to 2021.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we all are. But only one more time left, and then everything yeah. will change, right? <laughs> like no, no, that.
0: I mean, that that's kind of been the same this week. Uh, you know, in in Jacksonville, it's just, you know like the the Jaguars that they, they obviously clinched the number one overall pick uh, last week by getting embarrassed at home by the Bears, and then. The Jets picking up their second consecutive win over a playoff bound team, which is pre- pretty wild in, in of itself. But uh, once the Jaguars kind of secured that pick before week 17 even began, it feels like a lot of people just kind of mailed it in one on week 17. And then two, with so many people look into the future, it kind of became, uh, OK, this is like one more week for like uh this group of people, this regime, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, it's been a lot of reflection and stuff when uh, the Jags coaches have talked this week.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see. And, I mean, everyone kind of sees it coming, obviously, especially you since you called out that they kind of stay put until the end of the season. But it, it is kind of a weird reflective period, especially as we get to the end of the year. But <laughs> certainly a lot of things to look forward to yeah. in the next off season.
0: Uh- Gus, how how jarring just is this to your ears? Uh Todd Walsh has coached in Jacksonville for eight years.
1: <laughs>
0: um I mean he I he mentioned he, men- he mentioned it yesterday and I was like, dang, it really has been eight years, you know. Like that's that's a long stay for a coach, man. He's he's had a long run in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I would say Caldwell's run was a little more surprising to me. But I mean when you have like the best defense in the league in twenty seventeen, that kind of gives you a little bit of leeway. And so I mean it wouldn't have been surprising to me if he was gone, like, last season, but I kind of understood it, and then all the coaches kind of going into this year were obviously given another chance, but it's probably about five years too long, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, no, and uh, it that that's kind of been, like I said, the theme of this week. I mean, even Doug Marone yesterday acknowledged he, he said, you know, essentially uh, – that, you know, he hasn't been told about any change, but the obvious is that there's going to be change in one way or another. And, I mean, when the head coach is blunt about that and how, you know, this might be his final rodeo, at least in Jacksonville, well, you know I mean? That, that, that says something. But, I mean, that's kind of, the, of uh, the state of things in Jacksonville right now. It really feels like uh, one more week and then a Band-Aid's going to be pulled off, uh, you know, kind of type thing. And then, uh, then the Jaguars have a lot of decisions to make. You know, it's not often that a team gets that kind of a, you know, number one overall quarterback slash head coach slash GM synergy all in you know one off season. So you know, it's obviously a big off season for the Jaguars. But I mean, just how big of a momentum shift is it for them to get the first overall pick? I mean, just how much more valuable do you think it is than? I mean, they were always slated to get the number two overall pick, and it just is a way different energy now that, you know, they've moved up just one spot. So how much of a difference do you think that one spot is?
1: I think it's a huge difference, and I mostly think that just because of the recency bias that's happened in uh, college football, just because Justin Fields clearly hasn't looked great in his past two games, and he's about to face a Clemson defense that he struggled, struggled against in the second half of the semifinal last year in the second half of the semifinal last year. And so I would not be surprised to see him struggle again um, tomorrow. So – and then, like, with Zach Wilson, we've talked about him and how he's looked like a great prospect at the same time. His strength of schedule leaves some unanswered questions. And so, basically, you have questions with those two, but you don't really have any questions with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And so that makes it a significant difference. And as we said, like, the – um Houston general manager position was super intriguing in our eyes because of Watson and the positions in Jacksonville are way more intriguing, in my opinion, because of Trevor Lawrence versus yeah. any other prospect, for sure. So, huge yeah. difference.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I remember we were talking, you know, when they were slated had the number two overall pick. I was essentially – I was at the position that, you know, you can convince me this is the second best job out there. You know what I mean? It's it's a good-looking job. There, It's not perfect, but it, it looks appealing. Now, I think it's far and away, like you said, the best the best job on the market. And I, I know that's kind of wild to say, you know, maybe for some uh, nationally or on the outside to say that the Jaguars are kind of the destination team this offseason. And I know it's kind of been said before and kind of blew up in their faces, but uh, a lot of people compared like, this kind of hype around the Jaguars to, you know, when they would be offseason champions or whatever over the past years. But – Getting the number one overall pick—it's just so different. I mean, historically, that they've 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 been bad for much of their history. They've never been bad enough to get the top pick, and I think that that's been the reaction I've seen the most from people when I've written that. Uh, you know, they have the first pick for the first time. It's wait, this is the first time they picked first, and you know, yeah, it is, and they pick the perfect time, like. You know, like, uh, all, all respect to Joe Burrow, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But just the difference to me in getting the top pick in 2020 as opposed to 2021, I I think it's as significant as to talk uh, about it just because I believe Trevor Lawrence is that caliber prospect.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, everyone's saying since 2012, best probably slot since then. And I don't think anyone really disagrees just because – You have baby arm in 2020 and then a literal baby in twenty (laughs)
0: nineteen.
1: I know. That was (laughs) was mean. mean. But yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean Trevor Lawrence is just like his arm talent is ridiculous and you can just do anything with it. Yeah. And I'm I'm a little upset with you, John, because I'm afraid like ever since you said Brian Dable on this podcast, I've kind of been daydreaming daydreaming about him, so I'm afraid he's gonna end up going somewhere else but I think that would be such an awesome pairing the more I think about it, him with Lawrence, just because I honestly think Lawrence is like a decent comparison with Josh Allen just because they both have – as soon as Lawrence is drafted, he's going to be like top five in arm talent probably along with like Allen and Mahomes and Rodgers. And so the fact that he has like the arm talent to just throw the ball anywhere on the field and then plus athleticism to kind of do like cool things in the red zone and zone reads and stuff like that is just – there's a lot of cool things that you can do with a quarterback like that, obviously. And Dable's done it with Allen. I think he could definitely do it with Lawrence as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Lawrence is like the kind of
0: prospect you I just, you can take a lot of those like, you know, college kind of uh, schemes and philosophies and bring them to the NFL and just get really, like you said, creative with them uh, like Buffalo does with Allen. And I, I think like he, he really is similar i think to the josh allen of like today not the josh allen as a prospect because for, yeah. for as much as bill's fans hate to admit this josh allen has not always been this good you know he's gotten significantly better but like you said just the arm talent and the, the different arm angles and the ability to hit throws at every level of the field the athleticism i think the only difference is bill uh, Lawrence is kind of a, he he's r- really lanky, you know, for a quarterback, and he's really long limbed. And then uh, Allen's kind of built like a, you know, like a tight end kind of, you know, like a battering ram. So, but like no, Blake no Portals. I, yeah, exactly. But Blake Bortles, <laughs> who knows how to use his right arm, exactly. No, I'm 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 I'm, I'm with you though, that I, – I I think that'd be a perfect pairing. But I, I just how how much how important is still head coach and general manager at the hirings now even with, you know, Lawrence into Like, obviously, they're still important, but does he kind of give you more margin for error?
1: Um, I mean, yes, but at the same time, I think you have to hit on the head coach. General manager, as we said last week, is a little bit more iffy, only because not that you don't want to hit on a general manager, but player evaluation is just so difficult and no one can do, like, a 100% job of it or always get an A grade. And so that that position has, like, a little bit more leeway, basically. But head coach, I think, definitely needs to be a hit or close to it just because everyone always talks about, like, how, like, number one draft picks, like, number one overall quarterbacks or even top five quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls and stuff like that. And so it's just – that argument is more of just how hard it is to win a Super Bowl and how you kind of have to have everything go correctly for one season. And so I would say – head coach needs to be yeah. maybe not as much as a hit as Trevor Lawrence since Trevor Lawrence seems like he's going to be a massive success or yeah. a hit at least but it needs you can't just get away with having an average coach I think even though yeah, Lawrence you, does give some leeway
0: you, you don't want to get into like a uh, luck and Chuck Pagano type situation you know where luck yeah. finally got his really good head coach but it was like year six or whatever uh I I, I have a take uh Gus already <laughs> I, I want to gauge your reaction on this. Okay. Trevor Lawrence had more pressure and on his shoulders replacing the Sean Watson at Clemson than he will have coming into Jacksonville because I think if he gives them what the Sean Watson has given the Texans, you know, a couple of division titles and trips to the playoffs, I don't think there's a single disappointed person in Jacksonville. You know, I, I'm not sure it's like Philadelphia or somewhere else where, okay, if you don't win a Super Bowl in three years, then... You know you're you're terrible.
1: Okay, so the thing is, like, how much hype did he have? Like, because Deshaun Watson got drafted in 2017, so he had yep. a lot of hype going into that. Because I didn't know who Trevor Lawrence's name until he started blowing up his freshman year.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, Trevor Lawrence was seen as like like the next like big thing like in high school and stuff. So yeah, okay. he was a gi- he was a giant prospect like going into Clemson.
1: Okay, no, I like that take then, just because for, like, a Clemson, like, powerhouse at the time who had already won a championship with um, Deshaun, like, it's kind of your expectations to get to and win the national championship. And then for the Jaguars, it's, like, the expectations is just get get through week 17. And so, especially since, like, hopefully he'll be here for a decade plus, like, you don't necessarily need a Super Bowl, even though quarterbacks on a rookie contract is kind of a cheat code for team success in the NFL if you just have a few division crowns and maybe a few pro bowls and like tr- throughout the rookie contracts i would say that as a win uh, just I because as we've said like draft evaluation is so hard and like it's so easy for players to bust and even though Lawrence seems unbustable like there's been plenty of players that will say otherwise in the past and so yeah. i think <laughs> i think if you have that as like his floor side of kind of out definitely take that 10 times out of 10 so I think yeah that no and, that, and that's take. not to
0: say yeah and that's not to say i think his ceiling or whatever i've just that, that's that been a take i've been workshopping where i'm like <laughs> you know I, I i legitimately think you know he like they'd build statues of him if you know he came in and on his first you know five-year rookie contract they say you know win three afc south titles or whatever but i mean i i, I think just consistently put, being able to be in position to win the division I think that is enough to, like, really kind of bank on a quarterback because the playoffs is a completely different animal every year. And if you're at least in the playoffs, then you have a chance at the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, every team that's in the playoffs at least has a chance. So, if you can get to the dance, then I I consider that a successful season. So, at least having them near the top of AFC South contention. And, man, it's it's, going to be exciting, man. I mean, him him and – Him and Deshaun Watson in the same division is, I think, going to be a really cool storyline. You know, two terrific Clemson quarterbacks. And then, I mean, we talked about, you know, the pressure at Clemson and, you know, walking into a powerhouse that Watson left. I mean, they they haven't let up, you know. Obviously, they got, you know, trounced by LSU last year. But since he's been there, they've been in two national championships in two years and have won one. So, I'd say he's met every expectation.
1: Yeah, and the great thing about Lawrence is that he just is unconscious under pressure. Like, he had a, relatively a little bit of a down year last year, but then he was, I don't know. I mean, he did. they did get trounced by LSU, but always it seems like always in the spotlight, he's just unstoppable. So it's going to be really exciting to watch the playoffs this season, especially yeah. since Fields is like, we're a little nervous about just because Clemson's defense is so sick under Venables, but yeah. It'll be yeah. a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun for Jaguars fans to watch I, I, the next I two college football playoff games. I, I think it definitely
0: changed how people in Jacksonville go watch that uh, that Clemson Ohio State game, or how they're yeah. feeling about it. At least I know a lot of people were. The feeling was kind of nervousness uh, after that Big Ten championship, and now people seem, you know, generally excited to see it play out. But I mean, Gus, that kind of brings me to to my next point. We're going to be seeing these takes for the next couple months it's just the nature of it I mean we would have seen them if the New York Jets got the top pick probably to a lesser degree because you know they are in a bigger market they're more respected nationally whatever but I mean we still would have seen takes that Trevor Lawrence would try to avoid them because they're the Jets do you think there's any credence to the national opinions that Trevor Lawrence would even consider pulling an Eli or an Elway I'll give my opinion but do you think that that should even be a worry in, that, in like, the minds of
1: supporters? No. Um, <laughs> there's, we have to wait a long four months for the draft to actually happen. And so, as you said, until that happens, there's going to be plenty of, like, stories and rumors and things like that. And so, it's not official until it's official. But the fact that he could stay another year at Clemson or demand, like, a trade elsewhere outside of Jacksonville is pretty ridiculous, honestly, just because I think, as you tweeted, like Baker Mayfield and yeah. Joe Burrow just both got drafted to Cincinnati and Cleveland, which yeah. you can't say are much better franchises than Jacksonville. And they don't have state income tax. So <laughs> I love yeah. how everyone points that out.
0: Exactly. And I, I really think like, and the whole idea of people are saying like that endorsements would play a role. I, I don't know if I've ever seen Daniel Jones or Sam Donald in a commercial. Like I like I'm so, like I know that's a stupid thing to be talking about, but we're just talking endorsements. I've seen Gardner Minshew in more endorsements just because he's an interesting guy. So I think if you're interesting and at least place in my well, then I really don't think market matters. And like you said, that was gonna be my main point. Baker went to Cleveland in a horrible time for Cleveland, and Burrow went to Cincinnati. When I, I I'm not sure if a lot of like just casual football fans notice, but people who follow it closely, there are not many franchises that are ran cheaper and more kind of mom and pop than the Bengals you know like it it, it, it's kind of changed in the last year or so but I thought there was legitimate momentum to where maybe Burrow would consider not doing that and then once Burrow did I'm like okay I just I I don't know if it's a if it's a thing that athletes are going to do anymore I mean yeah Elway Elway and Manning did it I'm but I mean it just – it seems like those are outliers, you know. And I, I think throwing the fact that, you know, Lawrence and people are worried that maybe he won't declare now. Uh, he already walked at their senior game. And it, it sure sounded like in his post-game interview that that was his last game at uh, Death Valley. So, I, I'm i with you. I, I really don't think there's a lot for people to worry about. But he, here's the thing, Gus. If – say he does demand a trade, say that's the doomsday worst-case scenario the Jags get a haul of picks and can try to figure out the quarterback position elsewhere. If that's the worst case scenario, that would of course suck for them. But the, the worst thing that could ever happen. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's of course, terrible. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 there's, uh, you can get a Washington type, you know, like hall or, I mean, even what the, uh the Chargers got for Eli, it, It'd be horrific, but you know, at least have that like some solace.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, as long as you kinda like in return get back another top five pick so that you can get yeah, fields or Nance yeah. or Wilson since obviously the Jaguars need a quarterback regardless. Yeah. For uh, so for the record it, for the record, it would still be horrific. Yeah. It,
0: it it would be absolute
1: doomsday scenario. Yeah, no, but I think I mean the last time it happened was fifteen years ago. So I agree that it's clearly probably not going to happen again there's a very small chance but if it does i mean it honestly will be interesting to see what kind of haul there would be like how many draft picks because the most amount of draft first round draft picks i can think of off the top of my head that's been included in trade is just two so whether the jaguars can get three first rounders for lawrence would honestly be pretty remarkable especially if you're also getting your franchise quarterback in fields or nance or yeah. wilson
0: yeah and and just like i said to clarify That'd be horrific, but at least you'd have that little, you know, I guess like consolation yeah. prize. Well, not not good a good one. Yeah, yeah, better than nothing. But okay, yeah, but I mean, we're we're on the same page here, and like I said, I I, I really don't think it's much of a worry. But as a member of the media, uh, it's the media's job to find something to talk about. So I mean, you, you're going to hear it for the next few months. It's it's not going to stop. So what? what I don't think that talk is as ridiculous as the talk of uh, uh, I, I, "I'm forfeit the pick. I'm not going to go in, go into it, but that tweet was one of one of the hardest times I've laughed looking at a tweet. Just forfeit the pick. We're retweeting an old Trevor Lawrence uh, jersey mock-up from, I think it was like June or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. It's funny because, like, as you said, like the – I feel like Sam Darn- Sam Darnold is most popular for the seeing ghost memes. And, like, Daniel Jones is hey, just most famous for all of, the, like, the ridiculous – well, yeah, he had mono, but are you talking yeah, about that, Yeah, like... no,
0: I'm saying, yeah, ghost and mono.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's what he's most famous for. And then Daniel Jones is just – I feel like his most famous play is when Jamal Adams just, like, s- stole the football from him and took it for a fumble-recovered touchdown. And so, I mean, it seems like Jacksonville has the – has cornered the market on quarterbacks with good hair. I mean, Minshew had the mustache and now Lawrence has the sunshine hair. So, I mean, at least I got that, but as you said, it's a little ludicrous that, that whole argument.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I I really, I, I really think that at, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously people are going to be having anxiety until the pick is made, but yeah. I think once, you know, April, 28th, April 29th, whenever it comes, uh, in Cleveland, that he'll be, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be a Jaguar. Story about so, uh, I mean, but uh, overall, Gus, I mean, we talked about it some last week, but also, how surprised were you? Not, I guess, not to see the Jaguars get the top pick because I mean they had like a seventy percent chance to get the top pick, so they were the favorites entering the week. But how surprised are you to see them get it how they did? And basically it being the jets completely blowing it. I mean, the jags obviously did their part by losing 14 straight games, but the jets really went 0 and 13, put their fans through, you know, over 3 months of horrible football with the only light at the end of the tunnel beating Trevor Lawrence. And then they won two meaningless games against really good teams. I I mean, how surprised were you by that? Cuz I I was baffled. I did not think they I did not think it would happen. I, I did not think they had a chance against Cleveland, even with uh, the COVID issues.
1: Yeah, well the the one against the Rams just adds to all the Jared Goff discourse about him not being a real quarterback, and Sean McVay. Like everyone loves the meme of um, DJ Chark, where it's get that man a quarterback, and you can do the same thing for Sean McVay. And so it would be interesting to see him this week because the Rams have playoff implications this week against the Cardinals, just because the Jaguars hold their number one, or their first round pick for the 2021 draft and so it'll be a lot of fun to see if what McVeigh does with uh John Wolford who's a quarterback a Wake forest and in the AAF and is not nearly as talented as golf but he has more mobility so maybe they could do some interesting things I don't know maybe Stephen Ruiz's takes are just living in my head but I'm, I'm interested in watching that um but then yeah and then against the Browns, obviously, they weren't playing with receivers, but I thought that they would be able to rely on Chubb and Hunt enough, especially with yep. Quinn and Williams out, who's been exactly. a monster this year. Like, the fact that Williams was out, I was like, oh, okay. Exactly. They're going to have plenty of success on the ground. But, I mean, they did have White Teller out there. Um, I don't know if he's – I don't know if he got voted for the Pro Bowl or not, but he should have been if he didn't, because he's probably the best guard in the NFL this season. And so, that was clearly a huge hit. And so – It's through it like that 50 to, times, isn't it? They what? They
0: threw it like 50 times or something crazy. Yeah, I that. mean, they were
1: down early, so it kind of makes sense. But, I mean, yeah. as to the, I guess Baker Mayfield isn't a real quarterback either. So, yeah. It's, the, I was the, shocked The though.
0: irony of the Jets losing Lawrence on a butt fumble type play is not lost <laughs> yeah. upon me. It it, it, it it was just a beautiful sequence of events. I mean, just so many – cast and characters play parts in this you know yeah jared goff uh frank gore baker mayfield a butt fumble uh receivers not being able to play you know cleveland's left tackle being out like just I, I feel like the jaguars caught more breaks in those two sundays than they caught in the previous 20 years combined
1: yeah i was gonna say the jaguars jaguars fans have been through a lot in the past decade plus but i mean so have jets fans honestly poor jets fans But I don't know. I think my favorite play, honestly, was that uh, Frank Gore play against the Rams when it was just like a check down from Sam Darnold, and he caught it and just ran backwards and fell backwards for the first down that clinched the game. That was pretty awesome. But I didn't realize when I was watching the Browns game that Baker, like, fumbled at first. I thought he just got stuffed. And then when you see the fumble, that just makes it even more funny and more great. Yeah, no, it it was –
0: it was certainly some kind of ending. And like I said, it was just – Bizarre kind of two weeks for the Jaguars just because, I mean, they, they, things do not go their way like that, you know. I mean, they just don't, you know. They, they yeah. never have. So, for every break to happen the right way was uh, kind of incredible. But, I mean, the Jaguars, they also, you know, had to help themselves. Uh, I, I, I was – what a miss by me saying the Jaguars would win that game. I guess <laughs> saying they would win it just because they're the Jaguars and have a chance for something good to happen. Blew up in my face because I mean, I, I said all logic says this is a blowout, but I'm going to pick the Jags anyways. I should have stuck with the logic because I mean, I thought Mitch Trubisky was awful and you couldn't even tell by the score. I mean, I, I thought he was truly had a horrible game and you lose and they still won by, you know, 20 something points.
1: Yeah, franchise quarterback Mitch Trubisky definitely didn't play well. Oh. Jimmy Graham somehow like came back from the dead and was all over the Jaguars in the first half, but. Oh, yeah I I, I I can't
0: get over just from he he had like the perfect mix of he had overthrows underthrows, uh throwing it nowhere near a rob and then that interception before the end of the first half <laughs> that that made me go back to that adam Schefter tweet about people thinking he could get extended and that that literally that play that was the first thing i did and i was like Okay, Chicago. Let's let's relax and not do that because yeah, I mean, it was first down with like twenty seconds left. He could have just thrown it out of bounds. Like that was the most amazing interception I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, that was pretty incredible. <laughs>
0: I mean, Blake Bortles just done two interceptions off his own feet, <laughs> and that's still the worst interception I've ever seen.
1: Man, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of bad ones out there. <laughs> but uh,
0: no, yeah, I don't know. just considering that situation and then running around and. Like, it, if you had just taken the context of that play out and told me, okay, he's doing this because the Bears are down by six and this is the last play of the game, I'd say, okay. But if you told me the Bears are up with 20 seconds left and it's first down and they can just throw it out of bounds to try to score again, that, that's yeah. horrific.
1: That was the most like anti-Derek Carr play ever. I I'll, I'll, I'll never forget when Derek Carr like had threw the ball away like not facing pressure on a fourth down to like win the game, and so yeah, as yeah. you said, in a different circumstance it would make more sense. But like, yeah. why are why are you making that throw, Mitch?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I, I really just think the Jaguars they they just had they were too this addition and that we're seeing them meet Sunday it's just there's not enough talent on the field to really you know o- overcome mistakes you know they have some individual players who can still make plays and that's why they stay somewhat close in these games but they just have so many people hurt and so many needs otherwise that were already there before the injuries happen I mean you know when you're the youngest team in the league with holes on the roster you can't survive the kind of injuries they've kind of taken and I mean, that, that's why they're sitting at 1-14. I mean, they already came into the season as a not good team. So, when you make that team even worse, you I mean, you're going to get ugly results.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how injured they are next year, Obviously, just because they were extremely injured last year, too. And, like, the, the analytics will tell you that injuries tend to regress a little bit just in terms of extreme injuries when – unless you're the Chargers or the Eagles or the Redskins, I guess, who I feel like have so many injuries every single year. But hopefully the team will be a lot more or a lot less <laughs> injured next season. But as you said, it's, it's hard with a young team that already has a lot of holes when some of that depth is kind of taken away from you and you're left with a, something called Greg Maben starting, then it's, it's going to be a long day. Want to make your own podcast?
0: Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere, and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. All right, Gus, that actually brings me to to, to my uh, next point. Uh, I just kind of out of the blue, I want to I want throw out a couple names at you and ask just, you know, guys that are over injured and that kind of maybe this was their last real hurrah and, and just kind of taking them away. I'm going to throw out a couple names at you, and you tell me if you expect them back next year, okay? Okay. All right, DJ Hayden. No. Uh, Avery Jones.
1: Yes. Really, <laughs> I don't know why not. Maybe I mean, he's cool. in the last year of his contract. Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't know. It's just that the defensive tackles. I mean, unless we get your guy Leonard Williams. I mean, don't that's call such him. a position. Don't call him that,
0: my guy, the guy. <laughs> guy that you've I, loved I, since I, he was drafted. I, I wish y'all could see my face. I had a genuine disdain for that comment. Don't, do don't, don't, never call anybody my guy.
1: All right, well, I don't know. I like I like Avery. I mean, he's obviously just a yeah, deaf piece, I do too. but I, I do like too. him.
0: I, I just my, – my thinking is older guy and they have two good young nose tackles and Hamilton and Coston And I do consider Coston a nose tackle moving forward. I think he's playing kind yeah. of out of place at three technique right now, but kind of has to on necessity. Okay, uh, Sidney Jones. Yes. Okay, yeah, I – I, I really don't think there's going to be much of a market for him, so I think they're going to try to, I think they're going to, try to bring him back one way or another. Okay, uh, let me think. Let me think. Josh Oliver.
1: Yeah. Is he still – what's his – he's not an expire, on an expiring deal, is he? Doesn't he have more time no. on his contract? Yeah, he has more time, so. It's I mean, impression. I'm not going to cut him. Might as well. I mean, what has yeah. he played, like three games?
0: They'd be cutting him, not you.
1: <laughs> well, you're asking me. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: he's, he, yeah, he's playing like three good game. I would keep him. I mean, he's a third-round draft pick, so it's not like his contract's that big. They have enough yeah. cap room that they don't have to just start cutting people. I would keep him around. I mean, Eifert on the other deal. I don't know if that's one of the players you're getting to, but I would decline that team uh, deal. Uh, I, I,
0: yeah, Eifert's going to be the next one.
1: Yeah, so I would say yes to Oliver and no to Eifert.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, Keelan Cole. Uh, that,
1: I don't that, know. That's that a that tough to me one. is one of the
0: toughest ones because I, 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 I think Cam Robinson's going to be back. I, I really do. I, I, I don't think they're going to have a rookie or a hole at left tackle with Trevor Lawrence coming in. And I mean, they have enough money that they can kind of bite the bullet and pay a not elite left tackle for a couple of years.
1: That's true. Yeah, Cole's tough that, because he he's like a he's a solid player, but I don't know. It kind of depends on like what their whole vision is, kind of for like how just they view the receiver room and whether or not they view it as I do, I guess. Where they want um, strong upgrades or whether they're kind of more content with it. Because if they're content, then I think bringing back Cole makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what, like the market for him would be. Like I think he had like a. Th- three million one year deal this year and next year like maybe he'll get five. But I mean I would keep him around. He said he wants to stay in Jacksonville. So yeah. I'll say I, yes.
0: I, I don't think he can get as big of a deal as Nelson Aguilar will. So yeah. a, a little bit below that. Okay. Yeah I'd yeah. say yes. Okay. Um Dewan Smoot. Yes. Your guy. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> I, I mean I, I would bring Smoot back too just because I I think he can be dropped back from a reasonable price. And, I mean, they aren't in a position to let pass rushers walk away. And one way or another, he's been their best pass rusher this year, kind of by default, because Josh Allen has been hurt all year, and then they trade away Calais and Ngakwe. But, you know, Smoot's had a – I mean, he's had a solid season. So, I'd I'd bring Smoot back.
1: Yeah. If you have to choose between him and Avery, then definitely Smoot. Two of Cam, Keelan, and Smoot. Who do you keep?
0: I think you got to keep Cam, right? Yeah,
1: and then, oh man, that's a tough one. going yeah, only because like, you have like, I just because I think there's less depth for like the edge rushers because you have Allen and you have Chase on, and he can and rush like, him inside. Yeah, exactly. So I think you kind of he gives you more or better depth than Keelan probably would give you.
0: And I, I probably argue receivers are easier to find.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I mean, that was, that was a good little exercise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, just I, talk- I, I think I think we're in agreement on on most of those. The only one I don't think will be back is Avery, and I mean, if that's our biggest disagreement, then what to do?
1: Yeah. Oh, just to talk about the cornerbacks real quick. I think Sydney Jones showed enough to like. If we could bring him back as the third receiver, I think that'd be ideal for the Jaguars or third cornerback. I mean, yeah. Just because it seems very. There's been so many mock drafts recently that pin the Jaguars taking a cornerback with their second first round pick, um, which would make a lot of sense. And so I, I was gonna say, surprised... what, what would your
0: thoughts be on that? Do you, Do you think bring Sidney Jones back, take a cornerback in the uh, first round, and sign like a uh, maybe a veteran to fill out the depth? I mean, w- w- would you be comfortable with attacking the cornerback position like that? Because I've seen a lot of people opposed to the idea of taking another first-round corner, and I think they're legitimately in a position where you could justify it.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think it would be a good way to do it. Like, I think doing cornerback with the second pick and then bringing back Jones, or another veteran, would be a smart way to kind of attack the cornerback position. And then if they don't take that route, the positions I'd most want them to see would probably be either left tackle or, like, a skill position, like receiver or a tight end. But I think quarterback makes a lot of sense, especially because, first like, first-round quarterbacks, I think, tend to pan out pretty well in regards to, like, other position groups. Like, if they are kind of have, like, higher floors or just – there's not as many busts for first-round corners. And, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense.
0: I I think just the only thing that they can't do, like – There's so many directions they can go at corner this season. I think the one thing they can't do is sign Sidney Jones and then feel comfortable going into next year with him as the number two corner. Because as talented as he is, it's just the injury issues throughout his entire career. I'm not sure you you can walk into a season with him as your starting corner and be okay.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. Do you know, by the way, what J.C. Jackson's contract situation is? I think he might be a restricted free agent. But I know we've talked about – uh william jackson on this show yeah but i think if like if we i would be all all in for signing quarterback too mostly because obviously a a second quarterback behind or in front of cj henderson would be kind of a position of need but also um the cornerback market is a little bit i don't know what the right word for it not skewed but it's a there's an edge in the market basically just because cornerbacks aren't paid very much relative to like edge rushers or other defensive positions. And so it's kind of the same with tight ends where, I mean, as we said, there's only like three good tight ends in the league, but like George Kittle or not George Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey is being paid less than Sammy Watkins, which is just atrocious. And so I think cornerback is one of those positions that you can kind of gain an edge by signing them in free agency. And so if like, if I think a cornerback is definitely a position of need. And so whether we get it with a big, like a splash pre-agency signing yeah. or an early draft pick. I'd be happy either way. Cause I think either, either one would be wise decision.
0: Yeah. I was, I was, I really do think there are a lot of similarities to the 2017 off season where they need to find, you know, a cornerback to pay across from their young guy and find a interior disruptor, uh, you know, like a, a, another veteran. So uh, I'm, I'm with you there. And I mean, I, I mean, guy like James Bradbury you know terrific free agent signing his contract's not breaking you know like the Giants you know it's not mm-hmm. like he, he got paid but it's not like it's anything like you know giant I'm uh, not every cornerback can be paid you know like uh, Jalen Ramsey so I, I'm with you and uh, JC Jackson
1: according to Spot Trick is a restricted free agent in 2021. Alright so just gotta outbuild, outbid Bill Belichick that's easy well oh, no, that, that's more than easy
0: <laughs> no, no. I'm, 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 I'm interested to see kind of what route they go at corner, just because, like we said, they have so many different directions. Gus, uh, that I mean, did in that like just entire 41-17 blowout loss to the Bears, did anyone stand out to you like in a positive way to, to the point where you can build build with them moving toward to the future? Because I thought DJ Chark had a really good game. I thought LaVisca Chenault had a good game. I thought Schubert had a good game. And I thought Caleb on Chason had his best game uh, of the season. I mean, PFF has him with the seventh most pressures among all defensive ends over the last four games. And uh, Reddit, I do read Jaguar Reddit, y'all's post. Uh, somebody keeps saying, well, those are only over a three-week span. It's over four. So, just hear the well, actually. <laughs>
1: Well actually, okay, got it. Yeah, Chase has been super good in the past month and super encouraging more than anything else. And I I agree with basically all, all the other takes. Schobert I think probably played like the best game um maybe of a season, but probably the best of any Jaguar last week. Chark was obviously awesome with that one toe drag swag and a few other nice catches. And that was my great, favorite, that
0: was one of the best catches of his career, I think.
1: Yeah. He's so good at those, honestly. He makes yeah. like an underrated amount of just like contested sideline catches yeah, you know, he is really
0: he is really good balance and I mean just considering yeah. how like tall and lanky like, he is it's kind of impressive
1: it it really is it's it always just like surprises you because even though we know he's a great player, it always catches you a little off guard just because of his build as you say but yeah, my favorite play was definitely that should not long touchdown just because we've talked about that on the podcast, and I'm probably going to have an article about it sometime in the coming weeks but Chennault has had, like, a really low average depth of target, and he's been kind of used as a gadget player, like a wannabe Cordero Patterson. And so he's been really good and really fun to watch. But as I've said, he's – right now, he's more of a good player. Or he's more of a – what did I say? He's more of a fun player than he's a good receiver. And so that's not a fault on him because of the way he's being used in the offense. Yeah. And so
0: it was – They're not using him like a real receiver.
1: Yeah. So long story short, it was nice to see him on that – long deep touchdown and playing like an actual receiver and hopefully we'll see yeah. more of that in the coming years and
0: and like you said I don't think that's any fault to him because I mean getting behind defenses and making really impressive deep catches is it was kind of his trademark along with, you know, yards out to catch at Colorado. So, yeah. I mean, he, that like that touchdown from Glennon, obviously the game was out of reach, but I mean, that little post route and then making a great catch, you know, against contact that looked like a play right out of this Colorado tape. I mean, he did it all the time where he'd be able to get behind the defense and make the tough catch. I mean, he, he is a vertical threat just because of his size and surprising speed and he just hasn't been used like that, so it, it definitely was encouraging to see at least uh, one example of of him because he hasn't done it this year in terms of get behind the defense. But I do think he can he can do it, and that was kind of an example of. Him.
1: Yeah, I think Shonnat will honestly be as exciting, if not more exciting, than maybe not. That's not the right way to phrase it, but a bigger player to watch next year than Chark. Only because like the national media or the local media and local fans kind of know that Chark is really good and that once he gets a real quarterback, he's going to be a beast again. And We'll ho- hopefully make another uh, Pro Bowl, but the way that Sonat is used with wh- whoever play- calls plays next year and how well he succeeds or doesn't succeed is going to be yeah. really intri- really intriguing. I'm I'm glad you mentioned
0: that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get my hot takes out of the way. I know I've already said this take, but. Now that they have Trevor Lawrence, I'm gonna even add to it. If the Jaguars do not sign DJ Truck to an extension this offseason, it will be one of their most kind of uncomprehensible moves of the last few years. Just because are you do you are you sure you want to wait to pay him after a year of him and Trevor Lawrence? I mean you can get him now for way cheaper than you're going to be able to get him next March, you know? I mean, coming off this year compared to a year where he has an actual quarterback, and, I mean, he'll likely put up some crazy numbers. I think if you don't sign him this year, you're really just messing up team building-wise because I think you can get him for a bargain compared to the year after.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's a great buy-low opportunity. And, like, I'm sitting here thinking it's a great buy-low opportunity for, like, player props and for fantasy. So, I'm glad – you're thinking more on the team level. But just in general, massive buy low for him, including for team building. And so especially yeah. if you're trying to build that culture of like rewarding homegrown players and kind of keeping them after like the whole past year has been kind of about changing the locker room and changing the culture. Like this is kind of your chance to prove it is by re-signing Chark. And even if, even if you give him maybe like a little bit more than you think he is worth, just like make sure that he stays here. But I don't know if yeah. that will be necessarily happen, as we've we said, because he's had a little bit of a slow season this year, and it's
0: it, it, by low. It's just, hard, it's just hard to say right now who, like, if Dave Caldwell was going to be the GM in 2021, I think they'd extend him. But since we don't know who the GM is going to be, it's kind of hard to make these predictions on whether these guys are going to stay or not. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, G- Gus, I mean, that kind of brings me to, like, our, our last little piece of the day. Uh, even though the Jaguars have already locked up the top pick, there are still draft slot implications for them this week uh, with the Rams pick. Uh, If the Rams lose against the Cardinals this Sunday, and I don't know how they would lose the John Wolford and Blake Bortles quarterback one-two punch, but if they do somehow (laughs) lose and then the Bears beat the Green Bay Packers, then the Rams will miss the playoffs and could potentially that pick could be as low as number 17th overall. Uh if the Rams – even if the Rams lose or whatever, if the Bears lose, then the Rams make the playoffs. That pick's going to be uh, – you know, it could be as low as 19, but it'll probably be somewhere in the mid-20s. How hilarious is it that for the second week in a row Jaguars fans have to root for Mitch Trubisky? Because to me that is one of the funniest things of this entire season.
1: I mean, they'll be rooting for Mitch for two straight weeks, so – yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's
0: what I'm saying. Like the <laughs> second week in a row, they have to roll the dice on, on the Trubisky charm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> rooting for Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky is pretty hilarious in the year 2020. But if you said a well, one two punch, like how great of a Christmas, late Christmas present would that be if Bortles actually did get playing time in like certain special packages? I don't even know like what packages you could make up like that Bortles would be good for, but. I mean, that would be a treat for everyone. But, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't seem um, likely that the Bears will pull out a victory only because, like, Mitch has had solid statistics in the past month, but mostly because he, he he's can't played, play. like, he, he can't play. He can't play. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tap, tap around. I'm not even going to entertain
1: he, it. Yeah, I was no, going to no, say he, he's played terrible defenses in the past month, and so that's kind of yeah. padded his stats a lot. But I was going to say the Packers have to win a game. Or, I mean, they could – basically, they don't have the number one seed locked up. Yeah, they're they're still playing for something. They're playing for something. So, it's not like they're going to rest all their starters, like, immediately or anything. So, unfortunately, like, if I had to bet, I would say the Packers and the Cardinals would probably win just because we don't know what uh, Wolford is really. And the Cardinals are playing for a playoff spot too, I'm pretty sure. So –
0: yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, th- I think the Cardinals win, and I think the Packers win because uh, contrary to what maybe Ryan Pace or countless of Bears fans think, uh, Mitch Trubisky cannot play. Um, <laughs> just, just you know, not, not like I said. John's no, hot take. Play. Yeah, no, yeah, can't play. Mitch no, Trubisky isn't good. <laughs> it, it can't be done. It can't be done. Uh, no, well, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Man, if, if the Cardinals lose that game, I think you got to ask serious questions about Cliff, right?
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, the questions have really started since like the beginning of the year, just because. I mean, the running game is sick, but the passing game has been like all they really do is run like speed outs and mesh it, and like. It, it looks like and it's Texas. It.
0: It looks like it's Texas Tech team, but without playing Big 12 defenses. I mean, at Texas, yeah. <laughs> Tech, you, at Texas Tech, you always mismanage the game, too. So, like, seeing him use these really weird game-based strategies, I'm like, well, it's kind of nothing new, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the passing playbook and, like, the just clock management and game management and stuff like that has been pretty underwhelming, which is disappointing because he had the potential to be a ton of fun, that pairing with Kyler, but... It's seeming more and more likely that he might not be it, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do against number twenty and the rest of the Rams defense. <laughs> so he he
0: he helped the, he helped deliver the Jaguars number one pick. Gus, I want yeah. you to say his name.
1: I I've, we've said this before. I just like doing that bit. But Ramsey is awesome. Know, he's just I know, I know. he's <laughs> just the one that got away. Yeah, he's no, a, I know. I know. there's there's been a lot of ones that got away for the Jaguars, but man, he's I, the he's, he's, he's the big one. That's yeah, the big yeah. one.
0: Yeah, that, that Jags play the Rams next year.
1: Really? Yeah. They have a nice schedule next year. I mean, they play the AFC East, but there's a lot of exciting games on the Dolphins.
0: I I I would be shocked if they don't have two primetime games. And it's yeah. it's kind of hilarious that, I mean, just looking at the Monday Night Football, like, stats, every NFL team since, like, December 2018, 31 of them have played Monday Night Football game. The Jaguars haven't since 2011. That is just the most lopsided, hilarious possible? stat I've ever seen. Like, like you can say, like, well, the Jags have been bad. Well, a lot of teams have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they still played on Monday Night Football. It's, it, it. it w- when I saw it, I was like, man, I knew they hadn't played on there a while, but that is just hilarious. like that. That's one of the funniest stats I've ever seen. In football. Yeah,
1: that's pretty. That's that's such a good hashtag because Jaguars stat, but. Yeah, just the Uh, uh, presence of, even if it's not, like, even if something terrible happens with, like, Lawrence, like the fact that we're going to have a number one overall pick quarterback is going to set the Jaguars up for a franchise or for primetime games because the same thing happened with Cincinnati. Exactly. When you look at the schedule, like, the Jaguars play what feels like every single young quarterback. They play Burrow, Tua, Kyler, Herbert. I'm pretty sure. That's four. I think they play one or two yeah. others that are just and, like and, and then and then like you,
0: and then you throw in a uh, uh, Russ and then you throw in the Rams with the Jalen Ramsey factor, right? And right. then uh, Texans. Uh, I really think Texans Jaguars could be a primetime game just because Watson versus Lawrence. So yeah, I I I think you're definitely going to see them on primetime next year as compared to uh, the years that they haven't been on it. I mean. The last time the Jaguars were on Monday Night Football, they had a quarterback with long flowing blonde locks. So <laughs> maybe it maybe it happens again.
1: All right, time is a flat circle.
0: Yeah, that that it is, my friend. That it is. Uh, Gus, quick prediction: Do the Jaguars beat the Col- Indianapolis Colts this weekend? Yes or
1: no? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was great. You, you want to elaborate at all?
1: Um. Well, as we said. Like earlier in the season, we kind of should have saw the season coming just because the first week was a little bit unreliable okay. just because the Jaguars, yeah I should have seen it coming too, but like the Jaguars got lucky oh, with like turnovers from the Colts on like fourth and one and like winning the turnover battle and a bunch of kind of like random things that aren't necessarily stable and so and the Colts are like playing for the division crown in a playoff seating in playoff spots, so I don't know. My hot take this week is that Jonathan Taylor will score more touchdowns than the Jaguars, which as I'm saying, it doesn't even feel that hot, but no. No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> I mean, my, my hot take is the Jaguars are going to bounce the Colts out in the playoffs. I, 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 <laughs> sec, second week in a row. Dude, I, I'm going with it. No Anthony Casanzo. Uh, Chason's been playing lights out. Uh, Phillip Rivers is just down. I, I, I just, I think they're going to try to close this year out the right way, and it just it feels like now that nobody actually would care if they won anymore. It just definitely feels like you know a, a week where it, where they can win. But I mean, it it it's just a divisional game. They played the Colts tough. I mean, I both yeah. teams are really banged up. I'm 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 gonna go with the Jaguars with the upset this weekend. I, I'm not just <laughs> picking it because Jaguars this time. I actually think there's logic involved.
1: All right, so there was no logic with the last one last week. No, no, no.
0: There was zero. Last one, I was literally just saying they'd win because it'd be the worst thing possible, and I was expecting that to happen.
1: Yeah, that makes it more likely though. I mean, we were saying. I mean, I feel like everyone was saying the entire season that the Jaguars were definitely going to win, either last week or this week, and just screw up their chances for a solid draft. Yeah, and yeah. So, and I mean, now, I, now it's
0: solid though. And as an objective reporter, I do not care about, you know, their result each week. They can win or lose. I'm still going to write. I, I really could care less. But as somebody who's covered them for the last two years, I respect a lot of people in that locker room. And I respect a lot of people on that coaching staff. And I think there could be a lot worse things than seeing them kind of end this kind of error with, you know, at least one Sunday where they can feel okay.
1: Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. I just think it's going to be the same story as the last 14 games oh, it absolutely where they just don't have enough talent. Like, I don't know, man. No, it, have no either, it absolutely could be. They didn't have either of their tackles last week against the Steelers' defense, which has a sick pass rush. And, I mean, they still put 24 points up against a solid D, and that's something that the Jaguars do not have. So We still we'll lost see. to Ben
0: Roethlisberger.
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know how that happened man yeah and Roethlisberger I, was like oh I'm gonna start calling plays in the second half and I was stupid. somehow I had I was stupid. yeah the, I the, the, was. the Steelers are frauds you heard it here. you heard it here first I I don't know if I heard it here first but yes they are frauds you heard it
0: here loudest
1: <laughs> yeah that works okay
0: all right uh well the, the, I mean Gus you, you have anything else uh, that's that's all I had uh, uh, for this week. Uh, thank, th- I mean, thank you guys for listening, as always. But those are my uh, hot takes. Those are my predictions. Gus, you got anything for us?
1: No, I think we're all set, John.
0: Uh, you can follow me at underscore John underscore Shipley and at Jaguar Report. Gus, give me your hat and get us out of here.
1: I'm at Gus underscore Logue. We'll see you guys next year. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> all right. thank you, guys.